Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Uh, Jesse Temple, our good buddy uh, from The Athletic, who covers the Wisconsin Badgers, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Jesse, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you, Bill? Doing well. Um, I, I wanted to ask you first and foremost, um, you've got four Badgers, Biotish and Company, and obviously Jonathan Taylor. We talked so much about Zach Bond and, and such, but we you got Badgers that are in the draft. Um, give me your thoughts about where they could end up as far as rounds go. Well, I think Zach Bond could be the first of those Badgers taken off the board, certainly based on what we've heard and read about um, what scouts think of them. I mean, Zach could be a late first-round pick. He really, his last two years, has been an unbelievable ascension because we, we know he was a high school quarterback at a Brown Deer. It took him a few years to get used to playing the linebacker position. He couldn't stay healthy and then just exploded this last year. And uh, I think he fits in all over the place at linebacker. He's very versatile. And with Jonathan Taylor, Clearly what he did on tape uh, speaks volumes. I think if there's any concern, people are worried about the tread on the tires, if you will. He's got 900-plus carries the last three years, but he, he didn't miss any games. I think he missed one half of one game, and he came back to play the next game. So those would be the first two Badgers I'd expect to see drafted. Uh, and Quintus Cephas, I think his skill set certainly can help a team. Some people probably wonder about his speed. He didn't run a very fast 40 at the NFL Combine, but he improved that number at his pro day, uh, so he'll probably be a day three pick, I would imagine. And Tyler Biotis, for whatever reason, it seems like the, some draft experts have been uh, less than enthused with what he put on tape, but he did win the Remington Trophy uh, for the nation's best center. So all those guys are going to be drafted. It's just a matter of where, and all it takes, as we know, is one team. So now you've got to the draft is upon us, and as we continue on, we're looking at college football. I know, look, I was uh, doing some stuff on uh, some of our affiliates uh, throughout the state, and the question is, are we going to have Badger football? And now they've extended this stay-at-home or safe-at-home order and such, and, and we know that is something that uh, is hindering the ability for many of these programs to be able to get together. Spring practices are all canceled and such. So you tell me, I mean, I know that Kirk Herbstreit took a ton of heat for saying that there probably won't be college football this upcoming season. Give me what your gut's telling you. Honestly, I feel like I'm not qualified enough to give a, a, an answer other than to say that I'll wait until the doctors tell everyone that it's okay to, to come outside again and, and not have to deal with social distancing. You know, it's not for me to say, and honestly, it's right now not for the coaches and even the athletic administrators who are having these discussions to say, because ultimately it's up to, you know, how things progress in terms of flattening the curve. And I think all of us remain optimistic, and even if it doesn't start on time, then maybe it could start a little bit late, but... Ultimately, what has to happen is students have to be able to come back to campus. I just do not see a situation where you play any games and there are no fans in the stands. I don't know how you can say it's not safe for fans, but it's safe enough for the players. 
So to me, that will be the clear-cut sign is when everybody can go back to campus. Uh, because right now, as you said, everyone is remote. They're all trying to work out and do their own things. Uh, and that's about all you can do right now. It's just a holding pattern. That's what we're all in. Yeah, that's the the big thing. And, and I've kind of equated the difference as well between the pros because we say the same thing about the pros. Well, if it's not safe for fans, why should it be safe for the pros? Uh, the difference is there's there's massive, massive television money in the NFL versus individual schools getting money for individual television contracts and such, Big Ten Network, ACC, SEC, all that kind of stuff. It differs, and schools rely upon the gate a lot more than the NFL does. The NFL loves it, don't get me wrong, but the schools rely a lot more on that NFL gate than they do just simply sponsorship advertising uh, for television contracts. And, and I agree with you. I don't know how you, uh, to put a, a football team together collegiately versus professionally, you've got 53 players in practice squad and all the coaches and assistants and such. But on the other hand, you know as well as I do, you could have up to 110 players. You could have all these other guys that are redshirt guys that are still practicing, plus all the student athlete uh, trainers and such that are all encompassing i mean it's such a larger group of people i don't know how you're going to bubbleize those and not and then tell everybody else but by the way you can't come back to campus you know what i mean right i see it the same way and the other thing i I feel like is the nfl players are getting paid you know these are student athletes they're not getting paid and you you, you would be asking them to to risk potentially uh suffering some type of illness in, in this situation and i don't know how you could possibly as you said you have 100 plus players you have coaches you have other personnel people how you could quarantine all those people and make sure it's safe and then you don't have fans in the stands. And as you said, that revenue from those seven home games helps to fund uh, a lot of the athletic department and some of these other sports. And I think that's the, in the bigger picture, you know, there are questions about what would happen if you don't have a college football season. And I think certainly it has the potential to decimate uh, some athletic departments and certainly other sports, maybe those non-revenue sports. And bigger programs may be in a better position to withstand not having football for a year, but we've already seen some repercussions at other schools that are starting to eliminate sports. So there's a big ripple effect. But, again, it's all wait-and-see mode right now, and hopefully uh, we'll come through this and, and be able to return to sports in the fall. Yeah, I think it was what? was the University of Cincinnati, I think, uh, just blew out the men's soccer team, right? They were the first ones uh, to kind of cut another program and, and say, nope, we're not going to do it anymore. I think I think they were one yeah. of the first ones, yeah. Yeah, I believe they did, and I think I've seen a wrestling program somewhere cut. So, um, you know, I think it's probably just the beginning. Yeah, no doubt. And then you run into my assumption would be Title Nine, correct? Now, I don't know. I'm not astute when it comes to this, but if you're going to play football, you would then assume you would then have to play other sports in that fall segment, in that fall and winter segment, then would equate to the total number of athletes playing the monetized sport, which would be football. And, and I, I don't know what kind of a quagmire that would open up. I mean, have, have you gone down that, uh, you know, that cul-de-sac at all? No, I, I really haven't, but I think you're right there. I and, mean, you know, it's, if it's safe enough for one sport, then it should be safe enough for all the other sports. Um, I, I, I just, I don't think there's going to be any sports until everybody can come back to school. That's that's the way that I view it, but um, you know, we'll we'll have to see what happens. How much do you think uh this not being able to work out whether it's for incoming freshmen, uh for outgoing seniors, for you know, p- position players that are now going to move up and have starting roles, how detrimental is this right now do you think in the development? Now granted it's happening across the board. It's not like it's one program. But uh, there are some people who learn a little bit faster than others, and I, I can only imagine how difficult this is going to be when they finally do come back. 
Well, I certainly think it presents more challenges. Clearly, those 15 spring practices are incredibly instrumental in helping the development of some of these players. You look at Wisconsin had seven early enrollees in the 2020 recruiting class, and they did that so they could obviously go to school and, and acclimate there, but participate in those spring practices, and now they don't have that opportunity. And so, in a sense, assuming we do have a season this coming fall, now you've got the other incoming freshmen that were going to arrive in the summer, and they're not as far behind, or the, the seven early enrollees don't have as big of an advantage. And then I look at certain position battles. Um, you know, for example, I wrote a story about this earlier in the week uh, inside the offseason workouts of Wisconsin quarterbacks Graham Mertz and Chase Wolf. We know that Graham showed significant progress as during his true freshman season to the point that he was the backup quarterback in practice and when Jack Cohn was dealing with injuries Wisconsin was preparing for Graham to be the number one guy if he needed to go Uh, and I think this spring would have provided an opportunity for him to show whether he could potentially close the gap on Jack I still think Jack will be the starter to open next season Um, but now Graham doesn't have those practices and so I think there are different position groups uh, that can be impacted by not having these practices because they don't have an opportunity to show how far along they are. Um, one of the things that uh, was really noted yesterday when the governor said we're going to keep things closed and we're going to close all the high schools was the youth sports. And, uh, you know, obviously people that were hoping to get noticed or go to camps, UW closed their camp, as we know. But, uh, you know, these are people that were hoping to get noticed that when you talk about recruiting, you bring them out there under that umbrella. They work with Paul Christ and his staff. They all make notes about who stand out and who isn't. So how much do you think just uh, what we're going through right now hurts recruiting as well? I do think it does have an impact, and especially from the perspective of Wisconsin, both in football and basketball. One thing these programs have done exceptionally well, you look at football in particular, they have, they have these summer camps. They get these kids um, onto the campus to participate in practice. Wisconsin can evaluate them. And they might offer scholarship right there, and that can be the difference in landing a kid. And now these kids aren't able to come and participate in these practices, uh, and so that changes the timeline of recruiting. One thing I would say, though, is I think there are some other situations where it can be beneficial. For example, you look at a guy like Antoine Roberts, who's a running back from Tennessee in the 2021 class. He just committed to Wisconsin this week, and he was someone who was going to take different visits in the summer, uh, but because he's not going to be able to do that in all likelihood, he wanted to make a decision and secure his spot. So I think there are positives and negatives to what's going on right now. Uh, if a kid has visited Wisconsin in the past even once and they like the school, then they may be more apt to commit now rather than wait around for a time when they don't know whether they'll be on campus again. Hey, uh, real quick, what do you got? What are you working on right now? Because with everything just kind of shut down, uh, I mean, I would assume that you're kind of looking at some of the Badgers in the draft, obviously. But is there any other, any other story, any other angle that you're looking at right now? Going, uh, you know, I'm like everybody else. We're trying to figure out stories to write about and talk about. I got all kinds of stories I'm working on, Bill. I have a story to <laughs> it's uh, it's a Wisconsin uh, football fan survey. There were about like 670. Uh, readers that uh, I polled on 25 different questions on the, the state of the program and what their expectations are and who they think should start a quarterback. And so that finally published today. And just really, it's a lot of recruiting stuff right now because we all know recruiting never stops. On Monday, I've got a story on incoming point guard Lauren Bowman. He was the first commitment in the 2020 class. I think he's got a chance to be really special. So uh, I've got a lot of recruiting stories in the works and much more at The Athletic that you can all check out. Let me ask you this. What do you think, uh, or, or without giving away your your column, what do people think of the athletic department, the athletic program, the football program, the basketball program right now at UW? 
Well, this focused exclusively on the football program, but uh, you know, I was most surprised by how honest and reasonable fans were in their responses. Obviously, fan is short for fanatic, and sometimes you think they can take things to the extreme, but they, they seem to be very satisfied with Paul Chris's performance and with the current state of the program. And frankly, I don't know how you couldn't be. You look at Wisconsin regularly wins 10 games. They're competing for Big Ten championships, but the question is, can they take that next step? And it's not just getting to the Big Ten Championship. It's can you beat a team like Ohio State? Can you compete in the college football playoff? And so I think people are ready to see Wisconsin start to win some of these Big Ten championships. But overall, I felt like the responses were really reasonable. To me, honestly, one of the most interesting questions that I posed was whether fans think Wisconsin is closing the gap on Ohio State because we all know how good the Buckeyes have been all decade, and they've sort of been uh, the thorn in the side of Wisconsin and many other programs. And the majority of people actually said, that they don't think Wisconsin's closing the gap on Ohio State. It was close to 50-50, but I thought that was interesting. So to me, it was a very reasonable perspective on how fans view Wisconsin's football program. I think if you're going to close the gap in Ohio State, one, you have to beat them and beat them relatively consistently, and secondly, you have to win a national title. Just, just in football, specifically in football. I, I just, you got to get to that point, and then you got to go beyond if you're really going to close the gap, because closing the gap is not a one-year, one-hit wonder. It's more of a, it's more of a consistency thing. At least a 50-50 split with what Ohio State has going on, or maybe even a 60-40 split, still in favor of Ohio State. But at least then you feel like the gap has is marginally narrowed. Uh, but right now they are the uh, they are the stumbling block, no doubt about it. It's always a pleasure, man. Stay safe, and we'll talk again soon, Jesse. Okay. Thanks, Bill. Take care. Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. Jesse Temple covering the Badgers for The Athletic. Find him at Jesse Temple on Twitter. That is at Jesse Temple on Twitter. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.